So, hey, Jesus, I got some questions about heaven. Lots of questions about heaven came in this fall when we did this poll. In fact, one of the most common topics that people like to talk about and ask questions about is heaven. And there's a lot of assumptions, a lot of assumptions out there. We're going to talk about some of them. A lot of different beliefs. We're going to talk about some of those. And there's lots of jokes, too. Heaven jokes are some of the best. Right, you want to hear my favorite? Yes, you do. My favorite heaven joke goes like this. So a Duke fan dies and goes to heaven. That was the punchline. That was it. That was the joke. See what I'm saying? Yeah, that's rich. That just kind of just heart... And some of your Duke fans are like, I want to leave. Okay. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. Um, recent polls in America is that 73%, 73% of adults believe in a heaven. Here's what's interesting. In America, 37, 37%, over a third of the religiously unaffiliated, meaning atheists, agnostics, 37% of them also believe, oddly enough, in heaven. Why? Why, why? why so much belief in heaven? Well, it goes like this. We look around and we have figured out that uh, we're temporarily here, right? Pretty obvious. So far, the death rate is um, one out of one. So we look at the temporary reality of life on earth and we wonder, what's next? We hope. We long for more. Thus, the interest in the afterlife and the hope and belief in heaven. Now, I need to let you know right up front that we don't know near as much about heaven as we would like to know. We don't know as much as we would hope to know because no one has come back to tell us. No one said, hey, I was able to, you know, get an iPhone in there. Here's some footage. Reception was a little spotty, but make the best that. No, and no one's come back, not even a three-year-old whose parents wrote a book. Yeah, no, no one has come back to say this is it. So we have questions and assumptions, and beliefs. So we're going to do our best to navigate that based upon what we can know and what we do know, which is plenty enough to give us the hope and the help and the direction we need. Uh, lots of questions came in, and so what I want to do up front is kind of take a moment and just kind of hit some of these right up front. Quick hits. I wish I had time to really do a deep dive into some of these. Some of these we could. Most of these, there's not a lot of information that the scriptures give us on this. But so I'll, I'll give you some of these up front, and then we'll spend some, the most of our time talking about the two most common, and I would agree, the most important questions when it comes to heaven. So let me put these on the screen. Is heaven real? Yes, heaven is real. And when you think of heaven, think of the realm and the place of God. The realm of the divine, absolutely real. And, and we'll see in just a few minutes just how real that one day will be. Are people in heaven aware of us here? Probably. We don't know exactly 100% sure because I haven't talked to anybody on that side. Neither have you. 
Um, and so probably, and I say probably because it seems to be indicated in the scriptures, there's evidence there, that there is an awareness in heaven of things on earth. So, yeah, probably. Will we know each other when we get to heaven? Like, yeah, absolutely. The, the scriptures are clear on this. We will know each other in heaven just like we know each other now. I will know you there as I know you now. It'll just be better. It'll be like, hey, I know you. Man, you look better than you did. <laughs> you used to have that. Now you don't. You used to, now you're, woo, look at you. Man, everybody's going to be humming, how do you like me now? A Toby Keith. I made that part up, but wouldn't that be cool? Anyway, how about babies and children who die? Scriptures tell us and give us all indication that when a young child leaves this earth and dies, they're immediately in the presence of God. So yes, King David was clear when he lost his infant son. He said, I will not. You will not be able to come to me, but I will one day come to you and speaks of his child being in the presence of God. So, yes, be comforted. If this is something that touches your life personally, then be comforted by the fact that our loving Heavenly Father cares for those who are unaware or not old enough to understand these things. And babies and children are in the presence of God when they die. What are we going to do in heaven? What are we going to do? You ever thought about that? Like, what are we going to, like, we're going to there forever. Like, what are we going to be doing? Well, here's my best answer. Based upon what we know in the scriptures, we will be enjoying the presence of God. And that's all I got. <laughs> right? We will be enjoying the presence of God. Now, when I was a kid growing up in church, they took a, a little bit more liberties, um, not because the Bible says anything about it, but I don't know why. I was just, you know, and I grew up in more traditional churches, and there's nothing wrong with traditional churches at all. We talk about that. That's, that's fine. It's it's. Not about that. But in the churches I grew up in, we were told, and I was a kid, we were told, you know, we're going to go to heaven and it's going to be like one unending church service. And as a kid, I was like, now that sounds like hell. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I want to go. Count me out. <laughs> right? Hey, some of you just will not smile. <laughs> you need heaven. Will my pets be there? Will my pets be there? I, I get this question a lot. Let me take a quick moment and unpack this as far as what we know. I want to be careful with this and honest at the same time. The Bible does not directly mention um, pets going to heaven. There's no direct mention of that. But doesn't mean doesn't happen because there's a lot of things that are true that the Bible doesn't necessarily talk about. Um, though we don't know for sure. However, this is what we do know. We do know that when God creates the new creation, when the new creation becomes a reality, the new earth, we know that there will be animals involved in that. The scripture speaks of animals being involved and a part of the new creation. So my best answer is there's no reason to not think and to not hope that your pets and animals that you have grown to love and have brought so much meaning to your life will somehow be a part. Somehow. I don't know how God's going to do it, but somehow be a part of God's new creation that we are going to enjoy for all eternity. And so, yes, hope and long 
There's nothing wrong with that at all. And so there's no reason to not think that they will not be a part of what God has prepared for us, our Heavenly Father who loves us. Okay? Two biggest questions that came in, I, I would say, are the two most important things. And basically, what is heaven like and who's going? Right? Bottom line. Like, what's it like and who's going? So let, let me spend some time unpacking those with you. First of all, what's heaven like? What's it like? Again, we don't have as much info as we would like, but I will tell you this. Everything we know is really good. It's all good. How's that for theologically astute? I mean, it's really, really, really good. Um, it's not what a lot of people assume, right? There no harps, no indication of halos. Oh, we're not going to be floating around on clouds. Uh, no indication of that. If you think of heaven and think Looney Tunes, I'm sorry, <laughs> right? Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd and, and Yosemite Sam and all that. That's great for cartoons. It's just not what it's about. Also understand that, and this is important. Please just do your best to try to follow me on this. When you think of heaven, it's not just some faraway place up in the sky somewhere that we're going to go to way far away. Forever and ever and ever. And we're going to leave this. We're going to leave earth. And we're going to leave. It's almost like, you know, well, who, who needs this place? Almost literally like, you know, to hell with the earth. It's like literally just let it go. We're going way far away. We're going to a much better place. We're going to heaven way, 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 way far away. It's, it's not just that. In fact, you might be surprised to know. You might be surprised to know. And I invite you to research this on your own. You'll be fascinated to learn that many of the beliefs we have about heaven don't come from the Bible. Many of the beliefs we have about heaven actually come from Plato. Not Plato. Plato, like Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, three to four hundred years before Jesus was born. Interesting. And Plato was one of the great influences of like the earth is bad and heaven is good and we're leaving earth to go way away when spirits and souls float around in heaven this way far away place. Actually, what the scriptures do teach is not that. What they do teach is that at some point in the future, heaven is coming to earth. That the kingdom of God will be here and now on earth, a physical reality that we will enjoy in the presence of God. That is actually what the scriptures teach. And we will see that really clearly in a couple of weeks when we end the series. We're going to end the series talking about the return of Jesus and what we know about that. And, and you will see that very clearly then. But for now, suffice it to say... Heaven's not just going way far away forever and ever. No, 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 no. It's actually coming here. And it will be a place of absolute perfection. That's what I can tell you. Perfection in every way. The end of the old and the pain and the problems and the frustrations. And the beginning of everything being made new. Here's how... Here's how we see it described by John. The end of the scriptures, the end of the book of Revelation, John says, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live, this is important, with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. There's a direction here and we will see it again clearly in a couple of weeks. It, God's coming here. Kingdom is going to be here. And he describes it. When that happens, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. 
There will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. And all these things are gone forever. And I love this. And the one sitting on the throne says, look, I'm making everything new. Everything new. That is what we have to look forward to. That is the perfection I'm talking about. That, my friends, is the realm of God that we, human beings, with our language, call heaven. And until then, until that becomes a reality on earth, as we will see in a couple of weeks, we'll talk about it again. Just hold on. Kind of pause, dog ear that, we'll come back to it. Until then, here's what we know. Those who die in Christ are actually in a place of blissful rest and peace in the presence of God. That's what it's like. Blissful rest and peace in the presence of God. That's what we know for sure. Until the time. When heaven comes to earth and God sets up his kingdom forever and ever and ever here in that place of absolute perfection until that time when Jesus returns and the resurrection occurs that we will talk about again in a couple of weeks. This is what the experience is for all of those who have died and gone before us. This is what your experience will be. Those of you, those of us, who if we live long enough eventually, again, the death rate is one out of one. We each will go that way. And this, for those who die in Christ, is our experience. Blissful. Rest and peace in the presence of God. Jesus talks about this in John chapter 14, verse 2. He uses the word... He, he talks about God, him going away to the Father to prepare a dwelling place. And he uses the word, the Greek word, mone, which in some English translations is translated mansion, but that's not the right, that's not the best way to understand this. It's literally a dwelling place. He's saying, don't be worried. There's plenty of room. There's plenty of room. There's going to be room for all of you, and I'm going to create a dwelling place for you. And that word Monet also is translated to mean a waiting place, a pause, almost like a pause in a, a piece of music or a breath where you will rest and be at peace until Jesus returns and brings all of those with him at the great resurrection. Blissful peace and rest. Jesus actually speaks of it like this. To the thief on the cross beside Jesus, when Jesus was crucified, there was a thief on either side, a criminal on either side, also being crucified at the same time. And if you'll remember this, we've talked about it before. One of the thieves said something to Jesus saying, hey, I, I know who you are. I believe who you are. You're the real deal. We deserve to be killed. You have done nothing wrong. And Jesus said, you get it, don't you? And here's what Jesus told him. I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. Operative words, key words, with me. This is what Jesus said. Today, Jesus was like, I'm going to be dying today, you're dying today, and you're going to be with me. Paul describes it very similarly when he talked about what he was experiencing and what he looking forward to. He writes to the Philippians in the first century, for to me, living is living for Christ. If I'm alive on earth, I am living this great life for Jesus. And dying, even better, 
because I long to go to be with Christ. Because when I die, I'll be with Christ. See the operative words again, the key words, with Christ. See, we, we attach so many things to heaven. And, and sometimes we miss the point of what it's really about. And I, I hear people a lot talk about, you know, well, you know, they're in a better place. They're in a better place. They're in a better place. Yes, I'm not arguing with that. Yep, that is true. But it's actually better than that. It's not just that people are in a better place. They're with a better person. They're with Christ. Paul, to the Corinthians, describes that reality like this. And I, and I often read this in most funerals, memorial services, because it's so encouraging. For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is, when we die and leave this earthly body, so he's talking about our bodies here, okay? It's an analogy. We will have a house in heaven. And he's not talking about a mansion here. He's talking about an eternal body, right? That's what he's talking about. Our, the house is this, an eternal body, made for us by God himself, not by human hands. <laughs> in between the services, uh, a friend of mine walked up to me and says, you know that not made, not made by human hands? This is a physician, by the way. He came up to me and he said, that means implants won't make it. <laughs> hey, you're such a doctor. <laughs> right? right. <laughs> it's fascinating, right? Like, yeah. He meant dental because he was having dental work. Seriously, your mind can do what it wants. We grow weary in our present bodies. Boy, isn't that the truth? Anybody with me? Weary? Weary? Like, oh, weary. Yeah. You know weary. We long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. I love that. Look at this. We will not be spirits without bodies. It's not like, woo. Again, Looney Tunes, that's just not out, right? It's just not, hmm, he goes on. Look at this. We want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies, I love this part, will be swallowed up by life. Is that not graphic in the most beautiful way to think, think about the neck? I mean, when we die, our lives, our bodies, we will be swallowed up by eternal life. And then he gets to the point, yes. We're fully confident and we'd rather be away from these earthly bodies for then we will be at home. Here it is again, again, time and time again. You see this with the Lord. So if I could take everything I know that the scriptures teach about heaven and summarize it into two words. And if you want to know about heaven and you want to understand what it's like Two words will suffice. Two words is what it's all about. With Jesus. With Jesus. That's the focal point. And here's what's fascinating. If you think about this, that just makes sense. Because when Jesus was born, the angel told Joseph, you will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So 2,000 years ago, God came to earth through Jesus. Jesus is God in flesh and bone and blood to be with us and give his life for us so that one day we could be with him. It's always been about with. 
And for those who die in Christ, now they are with Jesus. And what we have to look forward to in the future is that one day we will be with Jesus. And sometime in the future, God is going to bring his kingdom with all of those who have gone before and bring them back with him at the great resurrection. And we will be with and he will be with and with Jesus is what it's all about. No clue, no clue really how awesome that's going to be. We don't have human words for it. We, we don't. We just don't have language for how amazing it is. But just know this, with all the questions, what does that mean? And does that mean that they're here? Does that mean, what does it mean? Here's what it means. Wherever Jesus is, that's heaven. Okay? Because heaven is being with Jesus. And wherever Jesus is, that's heaven. And whatever's going down and we're with Jesus, that's heaven. And that's enough. That's enough. That's what it's like. Secondly, and maybe more significantly, who's going? Who's going? I made a list. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and see, that's why, okay, and really, that's funny for a reason, because um, that's not really the best question a lot of times to ask. We've got to be careful with that question. Here's why we have to be careful with that question. Because as soon as we start asking the question, who's going, you and I inevitably start making up lists, don't we? At least mentally. You may not keep one in your pocket. But we start sizing people up. Oh, if anybody's going, she's going. Oh, he's, he's an adorable man. He's, he's going. You're looking. They ain't going. Yeah, this child maybe, that child, hmm, you know, this, you know, no, we start, you know, oh, this person, that person, no, no, okay, that, that's really pointless. Natural for us to think this way, but pointless. Because that's up to God. St. Peter ain't sitting at the gate checking IDs and checking people in and turning people away with a button, you know, trap door. Oh, it was so close. Man, it was so close, I'm telling you. But that last week, right before you croaked, remember that thing? That just kind of put you over the, no, no, no. Hit the button and, ah. Now, where we come up with these things, right? There's no St. Peter at the door. No. In fact, I think the best way to understand the answer to the question, who's going? is to know the answer is all about Jesus. In fact, let me just be more specific. The answer to who's going is all about trusting Jesus. It's not about me, and it's not about you, and how well we're doing, and how good I am, and how good you are. See, a lot of people just assume, well, I'm trying. I'm trying to live a good life. Preacher, you understand, man. I, I'm trying. And I've turned over new leaves, and it gets turned back over, and I turn it back over again, and I'm doing my best. And, but I hope, I hope I'll make it. Man, if anybody ought to make it, they ought to make it. They were such a good person. They're such a good, like, good? How good? How good is good enough? Where's the line for good? Where's the line for good? You ever thought about that? I mean, as long as I'm better than you, are you, you know, good, better than your neighbor, better than your brother, better than the, the people that vote differently than you? You know, what, where's the line? If, if we're the line, how confusing. Because my line's different than your line, your line's different than my line. The line changes from culture to culture. Some things are fine in this culture, it's not fine over here. Some things are okay in your family, they're not okay in my family. I mean, we're constantly moving the lines. Let me tell you where the line is. When it comes to heaven, there's one line, and it's Jesus, which means we're all screwed on our own without him. 
we all need a Savior. That's why Jesus came to earth to do for us what we could not even begin to do for ourselves if we tried. To give his life as a sacrifice for the sin of the world for all time, all people, the writer of Hebrews tells us, once for all time, for all people, done. Jesus the Savior did for us what we could not do for ourselves and simply asked us to trust him. Who's going is all about Jesus. It's all about, really, trusting Jesus. Trusting in what Jesus has already done, not what you and I are trying to do. And for those of you who have loved ones who have passed away and who have died, some of you know exactly, some of you have no question, you have no doubts, you just know, I know they are with the Lord, I know their life of faith, I know they're trusting Jesus, I know, and then there are some of you this is a point of anxiety for you, naturally so. Like, I don't know, I don't know. Where are they? What's up with them? What about them? What about them? What about this person I love? Listen very carefully. I want you to be comforted by this. When it comes to answering that question, you don't need to worry. And you don't need to be consumed with it. Here's why. Because you and I when it comes to those who have left us and have died and moved on ahead, we are to trust Jesus with them too. We're to trust Jesus with them because here's the truth. You don't know. You don't know. Yeah, but I know enough. No, you don't know. You don't know. And so ultimately you have to trust Jesus because you don't know what God has done in a human heart. You don't know what has gone on in the mind and the heart of that precious loved one that has passed on. You don't know what has transpired between them and God, even up to their very final moments. You don't know. So you must trust Jesus even with them. But more importantly, you got to trust Jesus with you because you're still here and able to trust Jesus. See, we live by trusting Jesus. We die by trusting Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about trusting him. Have you ever thought about if this whole heaven thing and, and if, the whole, if, if it's all a hoax? You ever thought about that? Have you ever given yourself permission to think about that for a second? And it's okay to admit it because I have too. I have moments. You know, Carolina loses a game. They lose to Duke or something. I question everything. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I've thought about that kind of stuff too. Human beings, we, we do. What if it's all a hoax? Here's the deal. Number one, it's not because the tomb is empty. And there's no other explanation for an empty tomb other than Jesus is exactly who he said he was. But just for kicks and giggles and sake of argumentation. If it is all a hoax, then I'm going down pointing at Jesus. I'll go down trusting Jesus. I'll go down saying, he, it's him. It's him or nothing. It's him or we're all doomed. It's him or there's no hope for any of us. But I'm telling you, trusting Jesus is the way. Let me summarize heaven this way for you. When it comes to heaven, it's all about trusting Jesus now and being with Jesus then. That's it. 
That's all you need to know. The rest of that stuff is interesting. Is it going to be like this? Is it going to be like that? Oh, it's great stuff for us to think about. But the bottom line, it's all about Jesus. It's all about trusting Jesus now and being with Jesus forever. For those that have died and gone on, it was about trusting Jesus and it's about being with Jesus. And the same will be true for me and you. That's where peace is found. That's where hope is found in Jesus, trusting Jesus, being with Jesus. Have you ever, have you ever thought about what that first moment might be like? Maybe you thought about it at the funeral of a loved one that you know that has gone on before and they are in the presence of Jesus. What was that first moment like for them? When they rounded the corner and there he is with open arms to greet them into his presence. What that first moment might be like. Have you ever thought about that? That embrace that I made it, I'm here. It's over and it's just begun all at the same time. You ever thought about that? Recently, I came across some artwork by an artist by the name of Kevin Carden who gave us permission to use this. Maybe you've seen it, some of these on social media, the internet. I love these. He's done his best to try to depict for us what that moment in his mind might be. And I want you to notice the emotion. Go to the next one. Can you imagine what that's going to be like? Go to the next one. And this last one just grips me. There's so much going on in her face. You feel that? Can you identify with that? Isn't there something deep inside of you that longs for that? That goes, that's what I want. That's what I'm looking forward to. That. I can't wait till that moment. Well, my friends, because of Jesus, that moment will one day be a reality for every single one of us. And maybe that's why Heaven is going to take an eternity. It may take that long <laughs> for all of us to get the hug and the embrace. Can you imagine? I want to show you these again. But while I do it, I want to read to you again from the words out of Revelation 21. And while you look at these images, I want you to listen Listen to this promise. And I want you to think about your loved ones who have gone ahead. And I want you to think about your own journey with all of the pain and the problems and the challenges that you are facing. I want you to think about that thing inside of you that longs for that moment. And listen to these words. Revelation 21, look. God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. 
God himself will be with them. And he will wipe every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain because all these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I'm making everything, everything, everything new. My friends, that is our hope. That is our future. That is the promise with Jesus. Be encouraged. Take heart. Hang in there. Hold on. Because that will one day be our reality because of him. Let's pray. Our Father, we're tired. We're tired. We long for that moment. We long for that embrace. When our weary bodies will fall into your arms and all will be made new. Father, that is our hope. That is our promise. It's simply to be with you. The whole idea of heaven is so fascinating to us. It's so interesting. And we believe a lot of things. Some of it we've kind of conjectured ourselves. But what we know for sure is what you have promised. A perfect place at peace in your presence with you. All because of Jesus. So help us to trust you to the best of our ability right now to trust you. To live by trusting you and one day die trusting you. And then forever be with you. In Jesus' name, amen.